Welcome to Rebirth of Venus, the podcast where I talk dirty about spiritual evolution, the self-love revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and I want to thank you so deeply for being here. Hello, everybody. Happy almost end of the year. Can you believe it? I know everybody says, oh my gosh, it's, I can't believe it's already the end of the year. The year went by so fast, blah, blah, blah. But goddamn, are they right? <laughs> I don't know about you all, but this has been a crazy year for uh, just self-discovery, for really unexpected growth in a lot of areas really personal areas. And like I've mentioned in a couple of previous episodes, it wasn't like a lot of external things changed this year. Although, if I'm being honest with myself, even looking back, that's not true either. External things did change, but it was more, the, the growth really happened more on a deep level. And I don't think that's true just for me. I That seems to be the case with a lot of people I've talked to. So, um, of course, personal growth is not always a smooth ride. It is usually bumpy, challenging, and laced with twists and turns that you do not expect. So if you feel like this year has taken you for a ride rather than the other way around, I get it. And I invite you to do what I've been doing for the past few weeks, which is chilling the fuck out. <laughs> Obviously, whatever this means to you will depend on your circumstances, but I've really just taken the past few weeks to take the rest I need, to um, detach from social commitments as I've desired to, to spend more time alone, to spend more time at home, more time developing myself sort of passively, which for me means lots of reading, lots of books, more than usual. And yeah, just just really putting the brakes on things and integrating, really allowing myself to integrate everything that I have learned this year, really process it. It's like the purpose of Shavasana at the end of yoga, which if you've ever taken yoga or done yoga, you know, is the end of each practice where you basically lie on the ground <laughs> in corpse pose and integrate everything that's happened. And that's a really important part of the practice. And I encourage you to take your own psychic, uh, psychological shavasana right now. We have a couple days left of the year. If you've still been going, 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 you don't have the excuse of the holidays in quotes anymore to be stressed about all of that. Hopefully things have settled down a bit. Sure, New Year's Eve is coming, but I mean, who really gets stressed out about New Year's Eve? Maybe some people. I don't know. Um, take some time. Take some time and integrate. And I think you'll find that you're going to start off the next year a lot stronger if you do that. So with that, I want to jump right into today's topic. And today we're going to go a lot deeper into a... Q that I received on my Q&A a couple episodes ago. It was episode 10. And this was a, a question I really wanted to, I, I touched on a bit in that episode, but I really wanted to give its own episode because it's really, really, really important. And it's something I think we can all use help with. 
And hell, why not use the impending new year as an excuse to start developing this part of ourselves or to continue that development if this is something you have worked on. So today I want to talk about embodying Venus to protect your magic. So the original question I received, I'm just going to paraphrase it right now because it was kind of written as more of a statement, question, um, conversation. So essentially, the person who wrote in said they, they work in a healing profession and they deal with people constantly. And that includes not just those who are their clients, but also their coworkers. And how this person, this person said that they are very open, very kind, and that's often mistaken for naivete and they're taken advantage of. And they are, this is a very self-aware person and they recognize that, you know, maybe this is something they're attracting. And if so, why and how that is, and most importantly, how to protect themselves from this banana bullshit. So today... I'm really just going to talk in depth about how to protect your magic, as I like to say. This isn't a phrase that I coined. Um, there's actually an artist on, not on Instagram, but I, who I was exposed to on Instagram who has this whole line of products that are like protect your magic. Um, so you can probably just look up, look that up on Instagram. Um, but this is definitely a term I've heard for a long time as really a way of describing protecting your boundaries and protecting your own radiance from those who maybe don't deserve to share that. Now, I actually don't like to look at this in terms of deservedness because I believe, let me back backtrack a little bit. Um, I'm just gonna like come out and say it if I one more time hear somebody misusing the word narcissist on the internet I'm gonna lose my freaking mind actually too late I already have lost my freaking mind <laughs> and let me tell you how this applies so in recent years the word narcissist has been used in not just the spiritual communities but in everybody to basically describe anybody who you don't like or who you don't like the way they treat you. Okay, but here's the thing. A narcissist is actually a very specific psychological profile. I'm not getting into that. I'm not a psych psychologist. It's not just a word for anyone you don't like. And this is why this annoys me because I hear people, you know, pretty much on every group I'm in, every person I follow in the comments, you know, I'm not saying every person I follow says this, but there are always people, anytime somebody brings up someone who is mistreating them, which of course sucks, they say, oh, that's classic narcissist. And it's like, well, actually not necessarily. <laughs> and the reason I hate this, or I dislike this strongly, is because it makes it seem like you're the good, the good guy, quote unquote, and they're the bad guy, quote unquote. And this is total spiritual bypass. And good, hang in there with me. I'm going to tie all this into the topic. Just give me a few moments. The thing is, we all have shadow and light inside of us. We are all the bad guy and the good guy. 
And yes, some people do have a more predatory nature, certainly, but there is nobody on this earth who is guiltless, okay? And so to say, you know, oh, like this person's a narcissist or whatever, whatever term you use, that's just the completely misused and overused term I hear all the time is basically absolving yourself of responsibility for how you might have actually played a role in this. Now, this is very different from victim blaming. And this is something I talk about on almost every episode. <laughs> victim blaming is, you know, basically saying, oh, this thing happened to you, it's your fault. And I get how it's a fine line and how this is confusing to people who are just delving into these ideas of law of attraction and of this idea that you know, thoughts become things. This isn't saying you're at fault. This is saying that very real energies exist that attract things to you. This isn't saying you did that consciously or that you deserve it. This has nothing to do with deservedness. You deserve the absolute best in your life. But we have shadow desires that attract negative treatment to serve a purpose. You are not to blame. It is not your fault, but you do, you can take, and you do have the responsibility, I believe, to take, resp to take responsibility for, for reversing the flow of that energy. And this is how I'm going to be shaping our approach today. Because Venus is about receiving. So if you're receiving shit, it can feel like that's just an unexpected consequence or an expected consequence. I'm sorry. You know, if you're opening yourself up to receiving, you're going to receive some shit and some good stuff too. Okay, that's, I don't believe that personally. I actually do believe it's possible to live in a world where the instances of you receiving bullshit are nominal at best. I do believe that's possible. So first of all, just, just set that aside, this idea that it's just going to happen because you are in control. You are in power. And today I want to talk to you about how to protect your magic, protect, protect your boundaries in a Venusian way which is going to be a little different from the ways that you might have been taught to protect them. So let me explain. When people are, all, are walking all over your boundaries or crossing your boundaries, you can do a few things. One, you can take it, which um, anybody who knows me personally knows I am not someone who takes it. <laughs> and probably you can guess that just from getting to know me in the past you know, a dozen episodes. So there's that. And a lot of people think that taking a, taking the, uh, the more, let me rephrase, that taking a more passive approach to this protection, which I'm going to talk about today, is the same as taking it. And in fact, they could be, they could not be any more different. So. When people talk about surrender, these concepts that exist in so many spiritual traditions, surrender, forgiveness, people in, people who 
I, I believe this is really intrinsic to Western thought, but people really view that as just rolling over and taking it, not realizing that these practices are actually the utmost show of strength and self-protection. And don't worry, we are going to go deep into that today. So that's your first choice. Just take it. Your second is to go Athena on that shit. <laughs> um, you know, that's like, say hell no, burn the bridges, take no prisoners. It fucking works. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. This is how I have always handled conflict. Actually, one, A or B. Because a lot of times I would just um, avoid conflict. If somebody was was stepping over my boundaries in a way I didn't like, I would find a way to avoid the situation. And that avoidance is a way of just taking it, actually. Or I would, probably because I just lost, you know, I, I, I became so... I became so frustrated with this and with myself for not standing up that I would go the polar opposite, go Athena on that shit, and burn it all down. And here's the thing. It works. And there are times in life when you need to go Athena all on that shit. Absolutely. There are times you need to come in with guns blazing and you need to build that wall back up. And yet, sometimes this technique leaves you feeling just as burned. And I started noticing this. And I talked about this in um, a previous episode. Honestly, can't remember which one. But about how setting up these walls aggressively actually over time was also setting up walls to the things I desired. And it was making me reject everything that triggered me, which actually meant I was saying no to things that really could have been good for me. So that's kind of the shadow side of that technique. So again, it's not that there's like a right answer here, because actually there's a time for everything. You know, even when it comes to just taking it, there's a time and a place for that. Sometimes it's just not worth your fucking time. And you may interpret that as just like accepting the treatment and moving on. If it's somebody you're never going to see again and you just don't want to spend the time dealing with it, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. So all of these have multi are multifaceted. Okay, back to the list. <laughs> Number three, the third way you can go about this, uh, in my view, is to go Venus on that shit. Like I said, this is a new technique for me. I've always been Athena. If I was a goddess, I was the warrior goddess. But I have found recently that going Venus on your boundaries <laughs> is actually more effective most of the time. So let me explain what I mean by going Venus. If Athena is going, you know, is fighting, coming in with guns blazing... Venus is, Venus, just picture, if, picture the, the goddess, let's personify her completely here for ease of imagination. So picture like the paintings of Venus you've seen, people bringing her gifts. Now if somebody brings her something 
she doesn't like. What do you think she does? You think she comes in with like fire in her eyes and says, take that away from me? Probably not. She says, no, no thanks. Or no, I'm not going to accept that. Not in a way that's mean, but in a way that's direct. And I'm going to go deep into this today. Because I am learning this just like right alongside with you all. And I'm excited to, to share what I've learned. So I want to backtrack yet again. Um, back to the Q&A because some of you might not have listened to that episode. So I want to just review what I said. How I started my A to the Q in that episode. Because this is actually a really important piece. Before we can talk about... You know, protecting the magic, we need to get clear on what's really going on. So in the Q&A episode, I mentioned that anytime you're being treated in a way that's unacceptable to you, the first thing you need to do before engaging in any, any protective energetics, which, is, which was really the point of the question, was like, what can I do energetically, like visualization, spells, etc.? So before all that, and before even verbally handling the situation, you need to get clear on how you're benefiting. And again, like I know this can be a triggering concept, so I really invite you to listen to the essence of what I'm saying. I want you to trust that I in no way blame you, or not just I, that really anybody who I've found who espouses this perspective is not blaming you, is not saying you need to feel guilty or ashamed, saying you deserve anything. No, 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 no. This is a way of taking your power back. So let's just switch that narrative before it even starts. Just switch that, switch the narrative from one that keeps you out of power to bringing you back into it. So this is sort of a basic level of shadow work examination of what Carl Jung calls the shadow, which is that part of you that your conscious self has this determined is, is unacceptable and gets pushed away deep, deep down. This is below the subconscious. This is unconscious shit. And a lot of witches and spiritual folks have um, in recent years, I mean, they've always done it, but in recent years, it's become very talked about, which is fucking awesome, that by examining this part, well, first of all, discovering this part of you, examining it and bringing it out of the shadow and into the light, so to speak, you actually really undercut and eliminate a huge amount of the self-sabotage that gets in the way of manifesting your desires, whether that's through goal setting, whether that's through working with the law of attraction, whether that's working with magic and spells. If you are sabotaging yourself unconsciously, you're going to get something different from what you think you want. Now, my argument is you always get what you want. <laughs> it's just we're not clear on what that is. So first, we have to figure out why we're benefiting, how we're benefiting. And in that episode, I went in more detail, but a few of the most common ways that you may be benefiting unconsciously from negative treatment is it may allow you to retain a martyr complex, the, like a woe is me thing. 
I get treated so badly and I work so hard, etc. You might get to be superior. You're the good person. Again, this is the good guy, bad guy dichotomy, which is so, so detrimental to your growth. You may not have to live up to your highest potential because you get to be the victim. It's a really, really great and honestly valid reason to not do what you want to do in this world. Those are just a few. Now, guaranteed, these are going to bring shit up for you, make you angry. And guess what? That anger is a clue that you're approaching the shadow, but you have to go deeper. For me, whenever I do shadow work and I examine these beliefs, I first, usually I I might first get an intellectual belief, which is like, okay, intellectually, I know that I am benefiting somehow. Great. Let's go deeper. Um, You know, emotionally, like, oh, I feel like maybe I don't deserve to be treated well. Like, this is just part of life. That's very common, pervasive belief with all kinds of struggle and challenge. Okay, so you start going deeper. Now, depending on how new or, or seasoned you are in this work, you may be pretty aware of your subconscious beliefs. Maybe you subconsciously know that you like to be superior. For example, that's still not the shadow. You start approaching the shadow, or at least when I do this work, I know I've started to approach the shadow. When I actually start to feel like disgusted, <laughs> like actually revolted, because here's the thing, nobody wants to admit that they actually want something bad, of course. And so when I start to feel literally like sick to my stomach, I know I'm getting there. And, you know, depending on how much you like to dive into this kind of thing, you might be able to do this quickly or you might want to take some time with it. Um, it's important to kind of retain a sense of humor in this work because otherwise it can make you it can have the negative effect of making you feel bad about yourself if you let it. That's not the point. So I really invite you to have a sense of humor and look beyond that. Because here's the thing. The shadow desires are almost always at polar opposite to the conscious desires. And that is why they are disgusting. And that is why they're in the shadow. But the sooner you can accept that part of you, the sooner you can bring it to light and it loses its power over you. And you start actually manifesting the treatment, the desires that you want, because you're not sabotaging yourself unconsciously with this bullshit. Of course, you don't really want to view it as bullshit, because again, you need to create an environment of acceptance of all the parts of yourself. And actually, this is why the whole good guy, bad guy dichotomy, back what I was talking about with the misuse and overuse of the term narcissist, is so detrimental to our growth because if we are othering people constantly, we're actually othering parts of ourselves, those darker desires of our own to manipulate in that circumstance, which just prevents us from integrating that part of ourselves. So the more of this work you do, the more you'll start to realize that we are all dealing with our demons, which really will lead to some interesting realizations on your journey. Definitely not getting into that right now. <laughs> so anyway, babes, let's keep going. So that was what I talked about on the Q&A. So it's really important to be clear on the shadow desires so that we can start working on what to do instead. 
So once you know that shadow desire, what, how you're benefiting from negative treatment from your coworkers, family members, etc., friends. I mean, gosh, especially this is airing you know, after um, the holiday season in caps. But I know so many people get triggered by their family members. I mean, it's like the most spiritual person in the world goes to home with their fucking family and just like all bets are off. <laughs> it's like all bets are off. So I get it. Um, okay. So then you can figure out either why you need that, that thing, um, which is the only way to no longer need it is figuring out why you need it and questioning that. Or you can figure out a healthier way to get that need met by yourself. And then your magic can work because you're no longer self-sabotaging. So that's a little summary of that piece because I, I want to get into the more actionable steps. As always, if you have any questions, maybe you're dealing with a specific circumstance and you are like, how could I, why, why would I possibly need this? Message me. Send me a message on Instagram at rebirth underscore of Venus or, or email me through my website. As always, all the links are in the bio. I mean, the show notes. <laughs> um, but sometimes it helps to get an outsider's perspective. Really does. So I do this all the time. Anyways, now that all that's clear-ish, let's go full on Venus with this shit. Again, let's think about how the archetype of abundance, love, pleasure would handle boundaries. First of all, no is a complete sentence. This goes back to what I, what I touched on earlier, you know, when people are showering Venus with gifts and she gets one she doesn't like or that isn't acceptable to her. I mean, that's a little bit of a tricky example because, I mean, personally, I believe the purpose of gifts, of receiving gifts, is just receiving. So even if I get something I don't like, I'm never personally going to reject it because – to me, the point isn't the gift. The point is the giving and receiving of energy. But, you know, I hope you get my point. So, so embrace no. I mean, this is hard for a lot of us, especially us women, because I don't know about you all, but since I can remember, and this is not about, has nothing to do with my parents or my family. If anything, they taught me the opposite of this. But culture, society, which, let's face it, is a much more, much more pervasive influence, taught me that I'm supposed to say yes, I'm supposed to be nice. And I actually was a pretty, um, a pretty assertive kid. And there were definitely times where I got ridiculed by my friends or others, my peers, for that. So again, I still learned that that wasn't acceptable. So I invite you to shift your focus from no being mean. I mean, of course, intellectually, really, who cares if it is? But we're talking about emotionally here. I mean, intellectually, we know that no... Who cares if we're being mean, blah, blah, blah. But let's face it, if it was that easy, we'd all be doing it, right? So let's go deeper. 
So shift your focus from no being mean, I put that in quotes, to being gracious. So I view this a couple of ways. You know, thinking about things offered to Venus. You know, let's shift away from material things. Let's think of, okay, pretend Venus is in the modern day, like we are always imagining in this podcast. And she's presented with opportunities. Everywhere she goes, amazing opportunities are presented to her because she's radiant and gorgeous and inside and out. And people just want to be in her energy. But she knows she has a limited capacity. So she's, is she going to say yes to everything? Absolutely not. Because here's the thing. Not only would that deplete her, that would then deplete those around her who depend on her light. And furthermore, that would, she would not be able to fully show up as her most radiant self if her energy is being depleted by excessive commitments or excessive um, obligations, etc., so you start to see how this isn't a give and take. Now, people are selfish. <laughs> and when they ask you to do something and they don't, and then you say no, they're often going to be annoyed or frustrated or offended. But it's up to you to use discernment and to recognize that that's just their ego, that actually you're doing them a favor. This is a mind game too. You're doing them a favor because if you said yes, you wouldn't do your best work and someone else could do better who can fully commit to the, the, in the case of work, it's often like projects, you know, little busy, like join this committee and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh my God, <laughs> it's like, you really have to say no to some of those things. Um, so she says no, no explanation, no negativity, just no. Now, sometimes you actually can just not say anything. Your no might be a silent no. So, I mean, for for me, these are my personal rules. Anything that's in a group message that isn't from, like, a close personal friend. So if it's a group – I mean, I don't love group big group messages for assistance, but, you know, I'll make exceptions for – close personal friends because they're my close personal friends. <laughs> but if I'm in like a sudden group message of like somebody who I peripherally work with and they like want everybody to do this thing, I'm not going to do it. I just don't even respond. That's just my thing. Now, if they respond, if they ask me specifically, hey, did you see this message? Then I'll respond. But I just kind of treat it like spam, honestly. Same goes for any depersonalized message I receive on social media or my email. I don't care how many follow-ups it comes with, but if they, if the message is clearly copied and pasted with no personal, no, not, not even the most basic personalization, because, hey, I mean, I copy and paste things sometimes, but I always personalize, of course, who I'm addressing it to, but also, like, details in it to make it more personal because I want to cater it to their energy. So any, any messages that are depersonalized, that go straight into the ask, of that, that don't just follow what I consider to be basic manners, especially in the online space of um, a give and a take. You know, you should be 
giving twice as much as you're asking for. That's my belief and a rule I always follow, um, especially online, especially with people who I don't know personally, who I'm trying to connect with. Um, and so I just ignore all that. Because here's the thing, even saying no takes up too much energy and I am under no obligation to give that. And I wish, and I mean, I wish them the best. I'm not like, oh, these assholes. <laughs> I mean, kind of, I, I sort of smile. I'm like, oh, part of me feels like I should tell them, but it's also really not my job to educate them on etiquette, which is also completely subjective. I mean, my idea of etiquette is not the same as others, so I'm not even going to respond. Um, so it might be a silent no. You can also do this at work. I mean, there are so many things people feel like they have to respond to. They don't. Group emails, like I mentioned. Use your discernment, but I, I really encourage you to just like experiment with just a silent no just see what happens like you'll feel a little rebellious and a little bad it's fun <laughs> what's the worst that happens you get a fo angry follow-up email you know who freaking cares okay so that's one maybe it's like if you work in an office type situation I haven't ever really done that but I hear <laughs> from the movies no um and from friends that you know sometimes it's like oh we're all doing this we're all going in on blah blah's present or whatever you can just not, and you can actually just not even be involved. So sometimes a silent no, give it a try, it works. But more often, or maybe not more often, but often you'll, you will have to be a little more vocal. Now, if somebody comes to you specifically asking for something that you aren't, you know you don't want to provide, you can just say no. I understand that might be more, that may be a little uncomfortable, and so I'm going to offer you some alternatives to kind of wet your whistle for this new way of life, of embracing the no. You could say no. You could say, let me get back to you. This is actually, this was super helpful for me when I started learning about boundaries, <laughs> which was like last year. <laughs> I mean, believe it or not, people who don't, who know me personally are probably like, really? You struggle with boundaries? Actually, I really did much better now so I would often because also I'm like in, I'm very enthusiastic and so I kind of want to say yes to everything especially if it sounds exciting because maybe you do want to do the thing but saying I'll get back to you let me check my calendar first I started saying that to almost everything because it was a way of like telling myself to chill the fuck out on the enthusiasm because it was like an eyes bigger than your stomach type situation with my entire freaking life. Um, you know, where it was just, I was over committing to too many things out of excitement that weren't always all moving me in the direction of my goals or my pleasure, which is really the ultimate goal. Um, so that's a good one. You can also say, if you are ready for a full no, you can say, I already have a commitment during that time. Don't say what it is. Because guess what? Maybe you don't even know what it is yet. Maybe the commitment is relaxing at home. That counts. That counts, baby. Really. So I already have a commitment. Or my plate is full. I like that one. Now, these are much more honest and authentic and genuine then, oh, I can't. I can't go. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. Or, oh, I'm not able to do that. You may think those are like a good, that those are examples of a good no, but they're actually not honest. 
not authentic. And I think they're kind of bad energy to the universe. Anytime we say we can't do something or we're not able to do something, we're putting limits on things. When why not just be honest? I already have a commitment. Like I said, you don't have to say what it is. The commitment might be you and your favorite TV show. Why is that less important than something else? I mean, when we feel like we need to justify, that just dilutes the quality of the no. Um, Venus doesn't explain. She just says, no, I already have a commitment. And honestly, lately, I've actually been challenging myself to not even say I'm sorry. Because are you really sorry that you have a commitment? No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and again, especially as women, we are, I'm sorry, is so trained into us. I mean, we've all been there. You know, you step on someone's, someone else steps on your foot and you say, you say, I'm sorry. It's like, what? You didn't do shit. <laughs> so let's just not, let's just cut that down right now, babies. So, um... So yeah, so it was actually really interesting, the whole, you know, being more honest and truthful with your answers. It's a little bit, a little bit unrelated, but still related. I started really, um, so I started doing this and in addition, like really kind of preparing my canned responses, quote unquote, and my boundaries beforehand so that I could be more authentic. So for me, it was a slightly different type of boundary I started this with. I dealt with this with money. When I started working on my money mindset, I realized that I was saying, oh, I can't afford to blah, blah, or like, oh, I'm broke, as an excuse not to do things I didn't want to do anyway. I think I talked about this on a previous episode a little bit. Talking about it again. Hope you like it. So I... I realized that, okay, I was, I was envisioning, you know, the like hella wealthy fucking version of myself, what she would do in certain situations. And I realized that she would never say she couldn't afford something because she would be able to afford anything she wanted. And that was a disconnect because anyone who knows anything about all this stuff about like manifestation, law of attraction, you're acting as if this isn't about like, I'm going to go buy a designer bag because the rich version of myself would have one. No, it's about how would you act. So I, I was kind of, I started training myself not to say I can't afford things. And that was when I realized I was using this as an excuse. And this was sending mixed messages to the universe and essentially keeping it so I couldn't afford it. And it was also untrue. So I was really, I started challenging myself to answer the way I would answer if I was fucking rich, if money wasn't an issue. Because, okay, let's face it, that was when I realized I don't want to do these things actually, usually. <laughs> because, okay, I'm finding money for other things that matter to me more. And so I started being more honest and saying things, which I planned in advance because I had to think about it, like, what, what? What is the truth for me? So I would say things like, oh, you know, I'm actually saving my money for blah, blah. But thank you for inviting me. Or oh, I'm actually going to do something else tonight. Or, you know, I'm looking forward to having a restful evening at home. Etc. Or just, you know what? Uh, I'm not going out tonight. Or uh, not tonight for me. 
You know, I mean, you can be as specific or not as you want. And that really like switched up my energy around. It made me feel a lot more empowered and also more authentic. I was no longer pretending to be the person who wanted to go out every night. I was like, no, actually, I, you know, I like to go out, but like, I, I kind of want to make sure it's going to be worth it. Like I am not, I do not enjoy anymore just going out and getting trashed. Now, I mean, sometimes I like to go out and get trashed. <laughs> like if I, you sometimes, some nights, you know, it's going to be epic. It's like, maybe you have like a really great crowd. It's going to be amazing music or you, know, you have like friends in from out of town and you just want to rally, like whatever. And other times you're like, I'm just doing this to do a thing. And I'm just not down with that anymore. Honestly, I would rather be home reading a book <laughs> than like out trying to have fun. Of course, it's important to sometimes just go out of your comfort zone. I mean, I've definitely done things. Well, you know what? That's not true. I was going to say I've done things that I didn't think were going to be fun and then it was. That's not true because even those times, something in me was like, you should go out. And yeah, maybe I didn't know the band playing, but it ended up being fucking awesome. I danced all night and had a great time. Or I met someone amazing, you know? So it's like, actually, if I'm really honest, my intuition's always right, like 110% of the time. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, planning it a little bit in advance really, really helps. And believe me, lovers, this gets so much easier with time. So much easier. And it gets easier pretty quickly. And it gets kind of fun. You feel, like I said, kind of rebellious. Like, like, ooh, how much can I get away with? And you'll you'll start to push yourself. And it's and it's fun. And the thing is, very few people will question you. They might be a little surprised, especially if they're used to you always saying yes. But very few people will question you. Now, for the people who are more in your face, um, and kind of don't take no for an answer or who just in general like to consistently tell you things that seem almost designed to knock you down. These are some awesome responses I learned from Mar Marissa Peer, who's um, the creator of rap rapid transformational therapy, who's like a form of hypnotherapy that's really effective for rewriting your beliefs really quickly. But anyway... These are these three. I was just when I when I heard her say this, it was on like a talk on YouTube. I, I watched. Honestly, I don't remember what it is. Otherwise, I would link it. <laughs> um, but she said these are she had a bunch of different responses. And these were three of them that I remember clearly. So say someone says something to you that is like designed to make you feel terrible or Maybe as a response to you setting a boundary with one of your previous forms of no, um, and they don't like it, and they go off on you. One thing she said you can say is, thank you for sharing. And really, you can say this in a way, it's important, I think, to say this in a way that isn't um, snarky, <laughs> that really is genuine. Like, oh, thank you for sharing. Or I mean, you could probably even just say thank you. But in a way that isn't like, thank you for the shitty treatment. Just like, oh, thank you for being alive. You know, that just kind of like knocks the wind out of their sails. They said the thing. It's You've already decided it's not going to affect you. 
It's all, it's them. It's a reflection of them. I know easier said than done, but the more you work at this, the more you'll learn that like literally everything shitty someone says to you is a reflection of them. <laughs> no matter how true it may seem. So even if it is something true, they're still saying it is a reflection of them. So you can depersonalize it. You really can. Another response that she offered was, can you repeat that? I fucking loved this. So basically someone says something shitty to you. And you just say, oh, I, I didn't quite hear you. Can you repeat that? <laughs> Again, not in a snarky way, but in a really genuine way. Very, very seldom are people going to repeat the shitty thing they said. They're probably even like either apologize like, oh, I was just being an asshole or, oh, never mind. And they're going to let it go because people are not going to – that gives them – that actually offers them the gift. This is my, my interpretation, but – it offers them the gift of having a little extra distance from their own words. They've already put their words out there and now they can reflect. And very, I mean, I genuinely, genuinely believe that people are not assholes, that they do assholey things <laughs> and they're not going to repeat it. And also it's a kind of, it's a really good way just to, you know, let it bounce off of you again. Now, if you want to be a little more bold, you could say... It sounds like you're trying to make me feel bad about myself. And this is, I think, would be best for things that are really, really personal. Because again, most people are just going to say like, oh, no, no, I didn't. Oh, no, I didn't mean that way. And then again, you can say, okay, and change the subject. Or they might say like, oh, I'm just trying to help. I mean, and that's like a really fucked up way of helping, but okay, you know, that's their, their view. You can't change people. So learning these more gracious ways of just, of, of pushing the conflict away and reversing the current, it, it really it actually allows you to build up that thicker skin and become less fearful of conflict. And to me, that's the big difference between the Venusian approach and the Athenian approach. The Athenian approach works, but it's going to leave you always feeling like you're in conflict. Like everyone is a potential, a potential predator. And that's just not true. And actually does you a disservice because, like I mentioned before, that puts you in a way of always being aggressive against things. That actually keeps you from, from receiving that which you want to receive when you want to receive it. You know, like my example with the using, not, like, quote, unquote, being broke, which wasn't true, um, as an excuse not to do things I didn't want to do, like social engagements, I could have, you know, I could say like sometimes I felt annoyed like I told this friend I'm I don't have a lot of money right now and like they're still inviting me out to these things and I could be like oh you don't support my goals maybe because they knew I was trying to save up for something but that's like me creating a story actually they're just probably just trying to be nice I mean yeah there's an element of like enabling sure but like really they just want my company you know and if I go off on someone about that eventually they're just going to stop inviting me 
And that kind of defeats the purpose. The Venusian response is much more effective. You know, so Athena builds a dam in the river. Venus just redirects the current. Both have the same result. The same result of getting it done. Setting, not even setting the boundary. The boundary is already set. Um, someone, I, I heard somewhere once, again, I can't remember where. So if it's you, write in and tell me and I'll put you in the show notes. <laughs> um, and probably be really honored that you're listening to this podcast where I reference you, mystery person. Um, but someone once said in some area, who knows, maybe online, maybe in real life, that that oh god I totally forgot what I was gonna say oh well isn't that funny how I just like built it up and I just completely forgot what I was gonna say oh well that was anticlimactic sorry guys <laughs> so finally we've learned how to um figure out our sort of shadow desire that may be impacting our what we are receiving We've learned some more gracious, more Venusian ways of handling this conflict. And finally, let's just talk about some really practical energetic work we can do. Um, intention is everything. I mean, I know you can have two people who do the exact same thing and get two different responses. You know, many, it, this is actually really interesting when I'm like, I like to watch a lot of videos on YouTube and a few of the YouTubers I follow are younger. And this is important because it means their audience is usually a lot younger because my understanding of a lot of YouTubers is that a lot of people are watching videos that are inspiring to them. So it's often like someone who's a little further along on their journey. For me, I guess it's sort of the opposite anyway. <laughs> so I would sometimes you just glance at some of the comments. Don't ask me why. It's usually a mistake. But um, usually because I want to comment something and I don't want to be redundant. You know, I hate when people all say the same thing. And it's like, you clearly didn't even look. So I would often see people commenting um, like negatively on something someone was saying. Maybe the, somebody was switching directions with their channel or they were talking about something different. And I saw in the video, they would say things like, oh, I know this is corny or like, oh, I know this is might be a little cheesy or blah, blah, blah. And these things that would show that they didn't fully believe in the message. I want to just like reach through the screen and say, just own it, own it. Like, I love this new side of you, own it. Um, but people would respond to that and be like, oh, what is this? Blah, blah, blah. People respond to that. Whereas somebody else can talk about things that are way more out there. And people are like, yeah, like, that's cool or totally agree or like, oh, that's different. But they don't, you know, they, they don't, don't behave as negatively. Obviously, it's YouTube. You're probably always going to get negativity to some extent because it's, you know, a public forum. But overall, I would see a definite difference in the amount of that. Um, or, you know, for example, people would even in the comments say things like, oh, Whenever I, if somebody who was very confident in their message, whenever I try to do this, people make fun of me. And I would always think like, that's because your energy's off. People don't make fun of confident people. Or if they do, the confident people don't notice it because it's not in their worldview. I mean, for me, for example, like if somebody um, 
you know, if someone says like, I'm selfish and I don't do anything for anyone else, I might take that personally if I've been questioning, if I'm like, oh, do I do anything for other people? Blah, blah, blah. And actually that used to be the case because I was like, I realized I talked a big game as far as like helping others and creating change, social change, but I didn't actually do a lot um, because I was like sort of had PTSD from like years of attempting to work um, <laughs> on political change. Um, but so as for a long time, I didn't do anything except for like think and read and talk about ideas, which is not nothing, but really doesn't do a lot. Now that I have more of a like a plan in place of what I do, that would bounce off of me because I know it's not really true. Same thing goes with like spirituality. You know, I'm vocal about the fact that I'm a witch. If someone is like, this is, I can't, I don't think this has happened to me since I was in, since I was a child <laughs> and like breaking out the Ouija board at parties. If someone says like, oh, you're going to hell, you're the devil. I, I literally would just either laugh or just be like, oh, that's a weird thing to say because it's not even in my worldview. I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe in hell. It's not my worldview. So again, it's like, if it's, if it's, if it's kicking something up in you, you need to kind of acknowledge that that's coming from somewhere and like, where are you not standing in integrity with yourself? Otherwise, if you're confident in your choices and you know you are like doing you, then it shouldn't affect you so strongly. So energy is everything. And so um, if you're making a choice and you're not fully confident, ask yourself why. And ask yourself, what can you do to become more confident in that choice, in that decision, in that response? Even something as simple as like the outfit you're wearing. So if you're really not confident in it, ask yourself why. Is the reason because you don't feel like you deserve to get attention? That's something worth working through. Now, do you feel a lack of confidence because you don't feel like you're presenting the authentic form of yourself? Definitely the case sometimes with fashion. And it's not in a way that you're like playing with a new identity. It's just you just don't feel like you. You feel like you're trying to be something else. Then that's maybe an indicator that this isn't, you know, something you should be doing. And maybe you should change your outfit, whether literally or figuratively, if we're using this as a metaphor. So again, you need to analyze like where it's coming from. So there's that. So energy is everything. Now, I often will use this also to set an intention when I leave my apartment even if I'm just like walking down the street if I'm feeling a little vulnerable for whatever reason I set the intention of being more Athenian of being more like the badass bitch in the traditional sense that I'm more comfortable with because remember Venus is the original bad bitch she's about embodying the flow, what we would typically call the feminine energy to get everything she desires. But sometimes it helps to work with something you're a little more comfortable with. So I might do that. Or I might set the intention. For me, this is really beneficial with social anxiety. And I think it would be really beneficial at work as well. If I don't, I don't have a workplace that I like go into with coworkers. Um, but if I did and when I have in the past, this has been beneficial as well. Setting an intention for the day. 
So if it's at work, you know, an intention for like how you're going to serve or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going in with confidence, with joy to spread joy to as many people as possible. Great. Like when I worked in sales, I would do that and it was just like so much more gratifying and I would always make more money than if I was just like, oh, another fucking day. I'm selling sofas again. God damn it. Because <laughs> I worked at a furniture store, managed a furniture store. So, <laughs> um, and so, so there's that. <laughs> or, you know, for me, when it's a social situation, going in and being like, oh, I'm looking forward to connecting. I'm going to have a really great conversation with one person, you know, I'm going to go in and it can be about like an action like that. Or, energetically like I'm just gonna go in and shine my light as brightly as I can whatever so that's intention is everything and that will actually deflect a lot of the bullshit because it's not in vibration with you if you go into a situation at a certain vibration uh, in this case of joy of confidence if you go in with a vibration of confidence it's very unlikely that people are going to come up to you with bullshit they're not going to like come up to you and insult your outfit because you're owning it and they just like aren't even on the same wavelength as you. So it just doesn't happen. You know, either they don't notice or they just don't say anything, you know. So that's really important. And then there are, there's a, a series of techniques I like to use. I call it the zip shield reflect protocol. <laughs> and these are... Techniques I've learned from various other sources. I think they're pretty like common energetic um, practices. So I'm not going to cite sources because I like they're literally everywhere. I combine them for maximum efficacy. So first, and this one you can also use on its own, is the zip. Also known as the cloak. Whatever metaphor you want. Some people picture just like having a giant velvet, I prefer velvet, cloak. And just like wrapping it over them. Nobody can see them. It's like an invisibility cloak. Or picture like a zipper from your, um, your, your sexual organs, your root chakra, <laughs> all the way to your top, to the top, your crown chakra. A giant zipper just zipping it all the way up. And again, this is, I, you can envision like it's zipping everything good in. Nothing can come in. These are both shielding techniques. They are ways of keeping people away from you. So I find them to be really, really good if I'm um, about to walk by somebody sketchy who feels sketchy to me on the street. If I'm traveling and I want to be ignored, that's something like I really like to be anonymous when I travel sometimes, like on bus, subway, plane. Um, I use that or if I'm just exhausted, I just don't feel like dealing with people. So this will shut things out. I mean, it keeps the good in, but I find that it also just keeps anything else out. So it's kind of like either to use on its own in those situations or in conjunction with these other two. So that's the zip. And really it works. It's like you become invisible. I mean, they'll, people will notice you. You're not literally invisible, <laughs> but they just like, you don't register to them. It's really pretty amazing. And I have had so many friends who've tried this. And they're like, what? Like I had a friend who was being sexually harassed a lot, like every day. 
I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm literally never sexually harassed, you know? And, like, we all know sexual harassment isn't about how pretty you are. It's about, like, power. And she's a powerful woman. It's not like, you know, so it didn't make sense to me. But I was like, I told her about this technique. She did it. And she was like, oh, my God, literally have not been sexually harassed a single time since. Walking on the same streets, everything. And I was like, girl, energy's real. Energy's real, bitch. So <laughs> the zip. Second, shield. I personally like to picture just like existing in a like big bubble of light. I like pink. Of just like beautiful light. And it's just like full of goodness. It's like your vortex. It's just everything is good. Kara Awaleba of the champagne diet.com. She calls it her champagne bubble, which I like fucking love. <laughs> so a lot of people have like their own vocabulary around this. Um, but basically it's just like your own little like world where everything's good. And it's a way of kind of magnifying the good. So the zip keeps in the good. This like magnifies the good. And again, it forms another boundary that basically says, like, I'm not available for the bullshit. And then the reflect is you can either picture now. So, like, you've you've zipped yourself up. You've gotten in your bubble. And this, like, this whole process literally can take a minute. <laughs> it sounds long, but it, it doesn't have to take a lot of time. So you've zipped yourself up or cloaked yourself. You're in the bubble, the bubble of delight. And now you're creating, like, a magical force field around that bubble that consciously invites the good in keeps the bullshit out so i've heard this described as yeah like a like a reflective force field um like a giant disco ball reflecting everything out use visuals that work for you because visualization has to be really personal and yeah there you go zip shield reflect and combining these practices i promise you will completely transform the way people treat you and you know you can do these anytime you don't even have to wait for like a bad circumstance to do them in fact I encourage you to do them all the time because I actually used to um, only engage these practices when I felt vulnerable which I realized was actually like still there was tons of shit getting in to my vortex that didn't belong there. So I started doing this more regularly. And not only did it did it pre prevent a lot of negative interactions, but it also, I got stronger. I had more energy. And also I had more, I felt more empowered. I felt stronger in my sense of what I was willing to accept and what I wasn't. And also like more good things came my way. It was like the channel was clear, you know, because I set the intention of consciously inviting the good and rejecting the bad. I'm not even rejecting, just like it just wasn't coming in. It just wasn't even flowing in. Really good things, unexpected things came as well. So, um, so there you go. There you have it as so many podcasters end their episodes. <laughs> um, those are some ways that you can embody the energy of Venus to protect your magic in a way that is less about fighting and, and, and 
putting up those walls and coming out with guns blazing and is more about just redirecting the energy. And I hope you've realized by now that this, these, these techniques are just as, if not more, in my opinion, actually more powerful than that more aggressive approach. Of course, there's always a time and a place to go in with guns blazing, but for the rest of the times, try these techniques and just see how your life evolves. And tell me, as always, please reach out to me on Instagram. Slide up, in, in, slide up into my DMs and at rebirth underscore of Venus. And tell me if these have worked for you. Give me your success stories. Or maybe you've tried it and it isn't working. Tell me. We'll figure out why. Because I guarantee this works. We'll troubleshoot. We're in this together. Um, get in touch. Um, message me. Drop me an old-fashioned email if you like through my website, rebirthofvenus.com. As always, all those beautiful links are in the show notes. Uh, I love talking with you. I love getting the feedback. I love your five-star reviews on iTunes. Keep those coming, baby. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next year. Can you believe it? That never gets old saying that. See you next year. Goodbye. <laughs>